Anyway, this is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean and Alan Cochran. Nice, easy names to say. You can text the show on 81215. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Frank on the Radio. Email the show via, get your pens and papers ready, frank at absoluteradio.co.uk. Andrew S. Yes. Has been in touch. He shared an image with us. He says, hello, long-time listener. He doesn't say hello. I think I added that to make it more radio-friendly. Anyway. Do you think it's Andy Saltzman, the popular um, sports reporter, who's calling himself Andrew S? Oh, he's, yes, he's a Z, isn't he? That's right. Lovely. It's not him. It's all right, it's not him. Relax. <laughs> <laughs> it's not well, going to be a load him. of statistics about the last left-hander to score 50 before lunch <laughs> at the Oval. I know it's not him because his... Handle, yes, I said handle. Yeah, is at Andy Pandy nineteen eighty seven. Oh, is it really? now Zaltzman? Forgive me, Zaltzman, but I think we're. I yeah. think nineteen eighty seven. You know, yeah. I think a lot had happened. He had a lot under his belt by that stage. I don't know. I'll, I, I, I tell you what, I love is when you see someone who's in a job where you think, if you'd offered this person any job on the planet, this is the one I yeah. would have taken. And Andy Zaltzman as the official score person for test match special etc yeah. oh man yeah. a, a pig in well anyway he's very happy oh, <laughs> well Andrew S long time tweet not him so not Andy Zaltzman no. okay. <laughs> long time I mean it's quite a build up for a, a nice tweet mm-hmm. but I know. Uh, long time listener first time tweeter I found a bar in Newcastle that has a full size Dalek as part of its decor he says, very niche. And then he's given it a hashtag. Hashtag Dalek decor. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just not confident I can really see that taking off. I mean, it's not going to be trending. Hashtag Dalek mm. decor. Well, we don't know. I mean, there's a, there's a bit of... Um, my uh, my uh, brother-in-law's house, when I, when I sit in the garden there in the summer, the next-door neighbour's got a Dalek. So Pete, there are a few, and my management company. Yeah, my management company had a, a, I think what was formerly Harry Hill's Dalek in the. uh, In the also there is some there is the possibility of an episode where the Daleks are at home and we get to discuss their decor. Well, we do see them at home occasionally. They go for a sort of brutalist um, mechanic uh, vibe. Yeah, very metallic. Sort of what I would have guessed, rather than a kind of chintzy Laura Ashley vibe. (laughs) There's no room for a self furnishing in a Dalek home. Why didn't they? Yeah, I think they're missing out there. So uh, there was one when they had had a cocktail party and what they'd done is they'd cut these avocados in half and left the stone in. Mm. So they had that raised stone and then they put them all together to form a Dalek. I'm surprised (laughs) the female Daleks didn't have... (laughs) The female Daleks? Yeah, the female Daleks. That's a very good question. Wait, Frank. Who are the female Daleks? (laughs) Why didn't they have those lashes like they have on the cars? Oh, that would be brilliant. I haven't seen any of those headlamp lashes for a long time. And maybe, Frank, the female Daleks. They must have wives, these people, to go home to. And then maybe a lovely pinafore. You know those half pinnies? Oh, yes. Half apron. I like the... uh, (laughs) The plastic house coat with some quilting. I'd oh, like nice. to see that. I sat behind a woman on the bus uh, this week and she had such long false lashes on. Um, no disrespect, Sarah. 
um, that um, I was looking through them yeah. down down the bus. It's literally like wow. looking through um, through a beaded curtain at the <laughs> yeah. world. I was looking through someone else's lashes. They were so long and lustrous. Yeah, it's um, never quite got the false lashes thing, but they do look. Um, you know, great in a in a sort of Alice Cooper kind of a way. Yeah. <laughs> Again, no offence, Sarah. <laughs> oh, have you got? Has she got you? Yes, she has. How early do you have to get up to put them babies in place? That's our texting this morning. <laughs> yeah, they come with a, like a little black pelmet at the top of them. Love it. Katie Collister has been in touch. Katie Collister. Mm. Like it. Following on from a recent podcast, Re Frank's Love of Typewriters. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. You and Hanksy. I think yeah. you and Hanksy would get on very well, you know. Dear. Do you remember when Hanksy used to uh, post, I think it was on his Twitter, would post pictures of things he'd seen lying about in the street, like gloves. And, oh, did he? Yeah. Did he? He's an interesting individual. He'd be a lovely friend for you, Frank. Yeah, I think I don't think we and him are going to get to know each other somewhere. Why not? You sometimes get lovely opportunities. And as you know, I struggle with the friends thing. Generally, it's so complicated. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Um, did read Frank's love of typewriters? Did you know that the longest word you can type using the top row of the keyboard is typewriter? Is that? Do you think that's an accident? I'll not praise, so it can't be redacted. I love I'll not. Yeah. Um, do you like that? I love a piece of information like oh, I, that. All sorts yeah. of... Um, I was um, explaining to um, our producer and um, co-producer, assistant producer, was a bit of, when I said co-producer, the producer digged oh, me yeah. in my kidneys. That really hurt. Mm. Um, digged or dog? I mm. 12.15. Um, I... Um, I was talking about the fact that the Tommy Steele Beatles connection. Oh, yes. Which I think I have mentioned before, but I've mentioned everything before. That's life. Um, <laughs> that Tommy Steele did the sculpture, sculpture mm. of Eleanor Rigby, which is in Liverpool, about yes. the uh, character from, which is a pretty unique connection, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like finding out that Brian Wilson did a sculpture of um, Hattie Carroll from the um, Bob Dylan song. Mm-hmm. It's a bit it like that. A lot, it's a lot like that. It's, it's, it's almost an identical <laughs> thing that happened. Yeah, just different just now. different personnel. <laughs> I accept that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Have we got hotels from outside? I'm going to tell you what I've been up to. Well, we have, but I'd like to know uh, what's happening in the world of Skinner. Well, there's there's a well um, a well trodden um, cliche mm. uh, that men can't multitask. I think we've all heard this said, yeah. um, and you can say what you like about men now, and um, I advise that you do that because mm-hmm. um, it's you're safe, safe ground. Mm. And I had. Um, the popular radio and TV presenter Adrian Childs come round my house on Sunday. He's actually my son's godfather. Mm-hmm. And uh, my son, Boz, has, uh, has recently taken to goalkeeping in quite a big way. I did everything to talk him out of it. Why? I don't know. Because I think, you know, you want to be out there running around and with a chance of glory. But he really likes the gloves. Mm-hmm. And um, so he's, uh, he's doing the... Now, 
Adrian Childs used to be a goalkeeper. I don't know if you know this. Mm. Right. So he came round to give Boz a goalkeeping masterclass. And I mean, like, with a series of drills. How was it? Things to do. It was very impressive. Mm. But in the... In the midst, and I mean literally in the midst, not before or after, he would do a couple of drills and while Boz was... He would then go uh, across to my kitchen and during the course of the goalkeeping masterclass, he constructed a baba ganoush. Nice. <laughs> now... That, that I good. mean... I bet that doesn't happen on the FA uh, badges <laughs> days, You don't it? see De Gea doing that. I mean, there's, there's all sorts. It was... Um, and uh, he didn't have the gloves on or anything. It was, more, it was often gloves, oh, goalie no. gloves, often gloves, goalie <laughs> gloves. It was, you know, and he wouldn't notice Never the twin, sure me. Yeah, it was. I think, I think that should be factored into each, that you should have to go off and create a dish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You should have, you know, you should be able to multitask. There used to be a sport called chess boxing, which was yes. a combination of the two um, activities, the physical and the uh, cranial. Mm. <laughs> um, and I thought it was like a, a, a it was it was a fabulous uh, piece of uh, juxtaposition. I enjoyed it. Anyway, don't forget this morning's phone in Sharon Stone. Is it time she went metric? <laughs> oh, good. Speaking of which, oh God, sorry, Frank. Do you still give? Do people still give a pint of blood? Is that? Do you still give a pint in these metric ages? Oh, I don't ages? know what, um, what... They might have gone literage. Yeah, feel, a litre feels like a bit too much, doesn't it? Yeah. I know Tony Hancock famously said a pint was almost an armful. Um, and do you still get a biscuit? On a cup of tea? So. Yeah. Anyone who gives blood, if that still... Mate, does that still happen? It must do. They've got to get it from oh, yeah. somewhere. That definitely mm. still happens. You know, unless they're doing their own slaughtering. <laughs> Maybe. Um... Yeah, is it is it still a pint? And do you still get a cup of tea and a biscuit? And well, do you get a little? Eight. There was a little book as well that you used to uh, get stamped. Oh really? Anyway, eight twelve fifteen. Um, We're I, getting... don't know, I don't know why I stopped. I used to give regularly. I got my first badge, and then something happened. Oh, I can't really. I'm <clears> afraid <throat> to. Uh, well, I don't want to go into the details, but it, I, I can't afford to give the blood. I'm afraid. Well, my um, anemic. People used to sell their blood, of course. My mate was in New York. My mate was in New York, and he tried to give blood, just as not for money, just as a mm. kind of a. And they wouldn't have it because um, they said they didn't take it from British people because they were worried about mad cow disease. <laughs> oh, that's a shame. That takes you back, doesn't it? I, I if mean, you want to get into some um, medical <laughs> health hysteria, um, nostalgia, mad cow disease. I mean, why would you? That's a good one. <laughs> Nick Smith. I mean, I did. Nick Smith. I brought this on myself. Okay. With the uh, hashtag Dalek decor. Oh, but yeah. uh, we're getting some Dalek stuff in. Okay. Hi, Frank on the radio and gang. Here's my dad's Dalek dressed as a shepherd for Christmas. Nice. I appreciate this is largely um, a visual conceit here. Mm. But uh, I think it, I might actually retweet this because it's quite the sight, I have to say. It's got the tea, it's got the tea towel around the head, the Dalek. Okay, I can, um, okay. The, the Dalek's head fits. I do what I like is that I, the, the, the headlights shining through the tea towel is yeah. what I like yeah. at night. It kind of works. And Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer <laughs> thinking, uh, excuse me, that's my act. <laughs> and then John Hopkins. Has it got a crook? Oh, yes, it's got a crook. Oh, that's good. 
I mean, I don't... The trouble is, Frank, I'm not familiar with what is part of its um, body okay. and what has been sort of thrust onto it. It has got a crook. Does it have a weird plunger thing sticking out of it, a Dalek? Yes. I mean, there are variations on Daleks. Where recently they had, like, um, automatic weaponry instead of the old uh, thing that looked like a curling tongue. Okay. But the soccer is like a, it's a There's classic a sort of a bathroom Dalek. plunger, essentially. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's um, very good. John Hopkins, uh, you're familiar with his work? Yes, of course, Hopkins. <laughs> Years ago, in the course of my job, I had to deliver bad news to a family. Hmm. Oh. I composed myself and walked into their lounge, only to be greeted by a full-size Dalek. <laughs> it's okay. quite difficult to remain solemn when you're flanked by Davros and a Cyberman. Well, well the, they were there as well. well. This is what I can't work out. There's a lot of it about. I think you'll find there's a great many Doctor Who enthusiasts. I don't think. I think you should need to accept that, and it's it's fine. I'm saying nothing. You know. My cardboard cutout doll. It was destroyed by the wind. It uh, split across the waist. Oh, Lee Max got a l- massive Dalek in, in his room. Has he? Mm. Well, maybe he's got more money than me. <laughs> Who's got more money, me or Lee Mac? Eight, twelve, fifteen. <laughs> Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Uh, I'll tell you what, you've lit up the switchboard by um, discussing what you get when you give blood. Yeah. Okay. Um, and and if people still give blood. Um a lot of people saying uh, that you still get biscuits and cups of tea. Oh, good. Uh, just as an example, 838, the biscuit selection when you give blood is incredible. Um, <laughs> there was no selection uh, when I gave blood. Well, <clears throat> there is one fly in the ointment out of many, many text messages. 167 has said, uh, never get a cup of tea where I am in Sussex. Usually get a packet of crisps or a digestive. No chalky biscuits anymore. Mm. Yeah. Um, I put a bit of tone on that. I don't no, know I, I like tea. I, I see what I liked about it. It was a bit old-fashioned. It was a bit Titfield Thunderbolt. <laughs> yeah. I like that. So that's where we're at on the uh, on the blood donation. You're probably wondering if I give. I would, but I can't because um, I haven't got any. I'm a robot. Oh. I never knew that. It was a sad day when we found that out. Have you told us that before? I didn't know that. No, but it's really put me off. I must have forgot. Colourblind and a robot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's an unusual bit of the Venn diagram. We've also (laughs) had someone tell us how much you and Lee Mack are worth. Oh, okay. Those things are always wrong. They're always wrong. Do you want to know what it says? Whenever you look up a celebrity, (laughs) you always are offered net worth. Have you ever noticed that? Yes. Well, they've told us your net worth. I mean, we, you know. I don't think we should be so sordid. No, as to I, I would never no. be so vulgar. But and I'm I don't just saying, even if it's wrong, I wouldn't do that to Lee. I, I'm Mac. just saying there, yeah. that someone, the information is out there. Yeah, okay. Well, okay? no, feel free to <laughs> Google. <laughs> I'll tell you. Here's. I would like to discuss a phenomenon. Please do. do. do, do, do. A phenomenon. Do, 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 do. Um, I went to the opera. You go a lot. Yes, I saw the marriage of uh, Figaro, and oh. then you went to the opera. No, it was oh. it was the it was one and the same. It was um, it's like the Baba Ganoush and the goalkeeper <laughs> masterclass. It was it was. Did you go with uh, Joan Bakewell? I went with Baroness Bakewell. Yes. I mean, this is becoming quite a thing. Well, she's a great lady. Is it weekly your date? No, not quite that. But you know, we are regular um, 
get-togetherers. Anyway, there's a thing at the opera which happens, and it seems to me a a thing that goes through society. The loudest cheer of the night is for the orchestra. They get when all the people come on who've done these fabulous singing jobs. We've been watching for three hours forty minutes, and uh, they get you know good cheers. But when the orchestra stand up, people go crazy. And it is that thing when people. It's the sort of we we see past the grease paint and the surface. We know where the real Mm. value Mm. is, and Mm. it's always not quite right. Obviously the orchestra's amazing, but surely the singers get there. <laughs> surely. Frank. It's on. like when people go on about Declan Rice and what a great player <laughs> he is over someone like called Jack Grealish. Right. Ironically, it is a bit like liking rice a lot more yes. than the curry. Do you know what I mean? Uh, yes. People love that thing of, um, I come and call them rice enthusiasts. Yes. Of uh, saying, oh, yeah, I, lo- I mean, I, Christmas is good, but I much prefer Halloween. That thing. Yeah, yeah that's weird. Yeah. You know, come on. Well, it was a bit <laughs> me always targeting the drummer to fancy. Well, people, yeah. It's like those people that used to fancy David Baddiel in Newman and Baddiel. Oh. <laughs> God. <laughs> He won't mind that. I think he would acknowledge the beauty of Rob Newman in those days. <laughs> Young people listening to this thinking, who are these What, what about are these the beauty names? of Badil? Very <laughs> handsome man, may I say. Hello? Hello? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, let's get back on my chair. Frank Skinner. Absolute Radio. Five, yeah. six, one. Hmm? Isn't listening this morning. Okay. 561 says, I never listen live, but I'd like to know how's it going this morning. That's <laughs> nice, isn't it? How would you rate the show on a scale of Ballet Link to Frank's Wild West Old Timer? Praise oh. blah, blah, blah. That's Prisoner 561 from Raffington. I love that Wild West Old Timer, that's the pinnacle. Yeah, that's, that's, the, uh, that's the bar. Oh, I should explain that the ballet link is one... <laughs> it's a link that we, we discuss ballets. It might be our worst work ever. And Wild West Old Timer was me making the point that I'd gone for an audition on a, an American um, TV... Sh- for an American TV show in which I played a lawyer, a sort of L.A. lawyer... <laughs> Mm-hmm. And I assumed it was an English person. Um, mm. and, but when they said, you, um, we need an American <laughs> accent, the only one I've got is Wild West Old Time. <laughs> so I was saying, well, this sure is a difficult case to crack, Stacey. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I didn't get it. I didn't get it. Oh, but anyway, um, how would I rate the show? <laughs> I think it's nearer Old Timer than... Yeah. Um, Ballet really? Link, but oh. I can see Ballet Link in my rearview mirror. Um, oh, yeah. I'm not going to lie, I'm slightly sad that the um, Adrian Childs making Baba Ganoush whilst goalkeeping coaching has not um, has not spawned some more responses. I was hoping that somebody might have um, received tuition from Andy Gorham while he put a shepherd's pie together or something. <laughs> Al, but, well, I'm upset happened. that Adrian Charles making Baba Ganoush whilst goalkeeping has not already been turned into a popular Channel 5 TV show. <laughs> <laughs> to me, it sounds like a really bad guess on catchphrase. <laughs> 
Um, oh, quite a niche fantasy. Yeah, well, they are famous. <laughs> yes, they are. Um, they're famously odd goalkeepers as well. They always used yes. to be said that they were all a bit, you know. Well, don't say as well like Adrian. Like, no, oh, no, I but I mean, down to a T. You can imagine them doing other strange things. I mean, the goal, I, the goal I itself. I played in goal. Oh, did you? Yeah, oh. and you know, and I also really liked a Michael Hardcastle football novel called Goalkeepers Are Different. Mm. And they are. They are. Yeah, <laughs> they are, though. And uh, well, I think that you think that the goal and the net constitute sort of sheltered accommodation. <laughs> so they sort of look at home there. But yeah, there has been a series of I... very, very eccentric goalies. You say that. I th- I find the goalkeeper, I think there's a, a self-possession, mm. if you'll pardon me. Um, yeah. I like that about them. They don't need the glory. No, it's a good thing. And there's something quite alluring about that. I think it was John Borridge, the Aston Villa goalie, who used to watch Match of the Day with his gloves on, his goalie gloves on. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, there's lots of that stuff. <laughs> and uh, of, of course... Um, who was the famous uh, Neville Southall, the Neville Everton Southall. goalie, who yeah. um, refused to go in at half-time and just stayed in the goals on his <laughs> own? <laughs> this is Frank Skinner. This is Absolute Radio. This is Frank Skinner, not the plastic replicant, on um, Absolute Radio with Emily Dean and Alan Cochran. You can text the show on 812.15... Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Frank on the Radio. Email the show via frank at absoluteradio.co.uk. Frank, you know you got to be in Doctor Who because you just asked on the radio. I asked several times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've asked a number of times if I could be friends with Tom Cruise. Mm. I haven't heard anything. Yeah, Why he's not? very busy though. I think he's on think uh, Mission Impossible is? 19. Yeah, but he, I've got to get him when he's here. Can we put our heads together? I really think I'd be a lovely friend for him. I will make no demands of him. No, I think he'd be a good friend. Uh, I, I really do think we'd get on. And um, <laughs> the epidural thing won't be an issue. Um, is that a thing? Yeah, they don't like the epis. <laughs> they, um, is that right? <laughs> it they, is. Uh, they... uh, yeah. I didn't um, but, and, but I could see you and him getting don't on. Yeah. I really See, think. I think I'd make quite a good friend for him because I remember that time that he was eating a curry in Birmingham <laughs> and uh, it made the papers because he enjoyed a meal and just immediately ordered it again and I thought, that's my kind of behaviour. Yeah, I think that was... Um... Do you see people, though, Frank, and think, I really wish they were my friend? Um, I have. Um, I have thought <laughs> that in the past. I'm, um, yeah. Okay. Um yeah, Tracy Emin was one. Do you oh. remember that? Did you never successfully. Oh, yeah. He never. Qu- you never quite made the conversion. I can't do. I can't do friendship. It's too. I'd say it's too complex. Oh, you're a lovely friend. You know, but um, one has to accept that. Um, <laughs> anyway, what's next? Well, I consider you. Well, you're in my top five. Can... I've told you. You've nailed your colours to the mast there um, regarding your friendship, but I would like to bring up um, phrases like nailing your colours to the mast. Yeah. There's there's an article in the, um, you know, in the uh, newspapers. Oh, yeah. They still exist. They've done a survey. Yes, I mean, I've read it online, but I believe it was in the flesh as well. It was full 3D. Um, You know, phrases like nailing your colours to the mast and such... Stuff they've done a massive survey and they've found that 
a higher than expected percentage of people are not using these phrases and don't understand them and and apparently there's something going to be lost from the english language people don't even understand phrases like pearls before swine 78 percent of the people that they surveyed just didn't know what it meant yeah I mean, casting my pearls before swine is something i've used after every bad gig in yeah, fact, yeah, every exactly. failed joke I've ever had, I've used it internally. If you take that out of the lexicon of a comedian, what are we going to say? Oh, that, yeah. that's, that's terrible. Oh. Um, the, yeah, I think um, it's, it is... Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm sort of all right with them fading, as long as they're replaced by some other goodies. But, well, um, this is it. What's it replaced by? OMG or whatever. I, I, just very recently, I discovered no woe for um, <laughs> no, woe. no worries. <laughs> Oh, I never knew about yeah, that. Yeah, I like Noah. I've used it a couple of times. Oh, oh Noah. I might, start, I might, might put Noah in. I'm slightly worried that it hasn't completely caught on and I might be using it in, a, in some mean, sort of um, vacuum. Maybe. Controversially, I haven't actually encountered it myself. Well, I heard it on an episode of uh, the Pokemon cartoon series and they used it Did with you? tremendous confidence. So I thought, oh, this is what the kids are saying. So Did I've said, uh, people have asked me to do stuff and I've said oh no well and uh, <laughs> no one's put, pulled me up on it you don't want to end up like um, was it David Cameron that was texting LOL oh yeah <laughs> thinking it was lots of love and it came yeah, out think, in the inquiry was there a period when it was lots of love as yeah there was I think I think, I think it evolved to laugh out well loud. yes because I think it was on letters to pen pals You'd hurt, you do LOL oh, was and it? lots of kisses. Pen pals. Do you remember Something that? else, whatever happened to. <laughs> that was there before. And then pen pals sort of became trolls, really, didn't they? <laughs> no, no, I don't think that's a fair, uh, fair transformation. Well, it is, really. Any sort of correspondence. OK. Uh, OK, thank you're you. You're entitled to your opinion. <laughs> no woe. <laughs> Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. What was we? Well, yes. Yeah, so phrases that are dying out. Nail your collars to the mast. That's one. And That's dying that out. Sort of stuff. Yeah. Which is about being um, being upfront about who you are and what you think, isn't it? Is that yeah? Is that what that means? Mm-hmm. Apparently, saying "pip pip" as goodbye mm. is also unrecognised by millennials. I mean, I would say it's pretty much unrecognised by anyone outside of a PG Woodhouse. Yeah, I'd say, I've, I've never heard anyone who wasn't wearing a monocle <laughs> say goodbye, pip-pip, and I'm yeah. including um, Mr Peanut from the uh, Planters Peanuts I mean, I imagine and Chris Eubank. I, and Jacob Rees-Mogg. You, you hear it a hell of a lot oh, in the Rees-Mogg household, I reckon. But yeah. what it says about it in this article about Pip Pip is that it's simulating a car horn, like you're saying goodbye to someone. Oh, that's yeah. nice. The problems with that, I don't know about you, but for me, a car <laughs> horn, the onomatopoeia I've always used is bib, bibbing. Oh. Someone oh, who's bibbing their car horn. Oh, if I'm... What to, would you I, say? I would say toot. Toot in oh, I would say beep. 
beaten with not beaten. Isn't it interesting, though? We've all got a different car horn. I'd say... <laughs> <laughs> um, and, of course, the bloke who I mentioned years ago who said, uh, you ain't no taunting homo sheriff yourself. <laughs> the man who yeah. made up, wanted to stop swearing, so decided to sa- make up his own swear words that wouldn't be swearing. Was he a friend of Arkeith, this man? Um, no, he was a friend of my mate Jeff back okay. in the in the in the black country, and he um, he just briefly he decided the best way to stop swearing was to re- invent yeah. some substitute words. <laughs> um, but he he was a, he had some strange um, things, and someone was teasing someone for being ugly at work, a bloke at work. That's not very you could hard. do it. In, we didn't know then. You could back do it then, then. It was fine. And he said, um, "Well, you ain't no uh, you ain't no taunting homo sheriff." Yourself, meaning um, Omar Sharif, who was in the good-looking man chair at the time. I mean, this was all. <laughs> but taunting being one of his words, and he famously in the car, someone behind was blasting the horn. Yeah. And he said, "Who's a fratting pappy?" <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, I don't know. What... And I was bibbing their horn, I would say, but it'd be. Uh... Was Fratton similar to the sort of Grange Hill? No, no, he just that's his. That was his own invented yeah. word. I yeah. think some of his should have really caught on. They're great. They are, yeah. And um, <laughs> you know, you, it gives you the same rhythm as swearing, but you're not upsetting yeah. anyone. Whilst we're discussing phrases which are becoming a little more obsolete, Ultra Magnus, one of our regulars, he also called someone a Tontin Jaker <laughs> when he got really <laughs> upset. <laughs> knows what that means well guess what so do I now (laughs) from this day forward so do I but he had to be really upset to get to that level (laughs) class A made up words taunting Jacob (laughs) Uh, Ultra Magnus Mm. has messaged us as I say one of our regulars morning Magnus with uh, one of his own phrases that he fears might be in danger of being made obsolete. He's saying whatever happened to being hoisted with your own petard, a great phrase with its origins in medieval siege weaponry. Mm. I mean, I would say, uh, what about uh, being hoisted with your own petard? Still going strong, Al? I think it gets used on this show at least once a yeah. week, doesn't it? I, I, yeah, but we're I not typical it. of the general population. I think <laughs> I used think? it uh, fairly recently when I was... Um, well, I had what I can only describe as a stalking incident. <laughs> and she said, well, are you like a prank? You say you like a prank. And I said, I'm iced by my own petard. And I'm a bit worried that she might have a petard in her bag. <laughs> a petard being a bomb. So to be hoisted by your own petard, in case you don't know, is to be blown up by your own device. I wouldn't say you're... I mean, I... I wouldn't say you're typical of the of every man, unless every man is William Tyndale. <laughs> <laughs> In terms of even your that, you see, that's it. That's it. <laughs> oh come! On. Now stay with us. It'll get. <laughs> we'll talk about um, uh, Arge when you come back, just to get you all back on side. What's your great rock and roll moment? It has to be a moment, though, you know, just a moment. I'm going to say, and I hope you're... I think you might agree with this. It's more pop. Mm, that's fine, that's fine. We, we lump them all in together. I would say uh, George Michael in his life, performance of Somebody to Love. Oh, yes. There mm-hmm. are quite a few moments in that. Oh. 
Would you agree, Frank? What about video you sent of them rehearsing, or yes. is that something else? Yeah, there was a, there is a. I think it's, YouTube. You can see him rehearsing it with. Yes. Um, <laughs> is it Seal and David Bowie having a cigarette <laughs> yeah, in the corner? <laughs> Looking. How would you describe their their whole? I think they start off like, <laughs> oh, rehearsals are so boring. Then he starts hitting these notes, and they're looking across, going. Ooh, uh. mm. yeah. <laughs> so I would select sort of the wow vibe, somebody yeah. to, and then um, he nails that note. There's also there's a great um, dun, 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 um, uh, with a little help from my friends Joe Cocker. Dun, oh. dun, 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 do you need anybody? What? <laughs> then he goes into an amazing Sheffield tinged scream. <laughs> Imagine I said that. Yeah, no, you can say that about Joe Cock. No, you can say that. <clears throat> anyway, great rock and roll moment. We never have any texts in like that, do we? Because no. we always do um, silly things. When did you we last wear a monocle like, or something? When did yeah. you last wear a monocle? We never did when did you last wear a monocle. <laughs> it's so ass. <laughs> oh, yes, it's as if so we'd funny. never do that. We do have some... We did do who's got more money, me or Lee Mack. <laughs> Uh, this yeah. morning, right? Yeah, still not had much resolution on that. Actually. No, I think that it, that was a it was a. If you can have a rhetorical texting, yeah. <laughs> well, if, if riches were comedy, I'd say you're pretty much even Stevens. Did we find oh. out though if they still give a uh, thank you for that? If they, um, but you're more obviously, obviously a little bit more. Yeah, I'm, obviously, I'm a, but I'm a, I have a, to, you know. I am an enormous <laughs> fan of Lee Mack. Yeah. He's he's fantastic. So um, four five four. Yes. Morning, Frank, Emily and Alan. Hearing you refer to monocles reminds me of working as a young optician in the late 80s, putting a new lens in a monocle for Dennis Thatcher. Wow. He was very pleased with it. That's from Rob. He was a spectacles <laughs> wearer, wasn't he, Dennis Thatcher? Well, only he... half the time, it turns out. <laughs> I, I, I had no idea that he was a monocle. Uh, I suppose I mean... Margaret said it doesn't look good. <laughs> When we're trying to be <laughs> down to earth, Dennis, if you wear the monocle. Maybe what you thought were spectacles was actually two monocles. Yeah, maybe it was the shadow of his monocle being cast across <laughs> the other eye. He was always lit from the side, Dennis Thatcher. <laughs> Like, there's a story about Marlena Dietrich, the famous German actress who yes. got on set of a film. And they said, right, we'll do the first rehearsal. And she said, just a minute, darling. And walked around and changed all the lights. Oh. Literally went, like, with the spanner and changed the settings of the lights with the lighting man looking on in horror. Yeah. And she turned back and looked at him and said, cheekbones, dear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I respect her for that. She had got great cheekbones. Well, I, I reject certain tables in restaurants. If the you light is not don't. good, I do. <laughs> if I walk in and the light is terrible, I say, let's not sit there. Oh, I prefer That's to fun. sit in complete gloom nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like that. You know, those people you get on hard hitting documentaries who are in shadow and they've used the voice of an actor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, the, uh, that's the look I'm when I dine out. <laughs> We were talking about um, bright light or dip light, and yeah. uh, in restaurants, for example, I um, we have a sort of constant running battle in our house of Kath turns the light to sort of moody dim lighting, and I like oh. it cranked up to like office strip light level. When I get up in the morning, 
um, like this morning, I got up, I put the light, I cranked the light up four, and the dog. You don't often see a dog squint, but the dog is honestly doing that. Oh, that that is actually a bit like bit bright. That it's doing yeah. that thing with its eyes. Oh, the dog is like Marky Smith after a heavy night. Exactly, exactly. There is no um, Marky Smith that isn't after a heavy night. What are you talking about? That's just a chronological fact. You're so right. Just your dog is like Marky Smith. The squinting dog. Great name for a pub. Yeah. So other phrases, we're talking, aren't we, Al, about phrases that are uh, uh, sort of on the way out. Possibly on the way in. Yeah, there's... um, I tell you what you'd never hear now. In fact, one one could almost say... Millionaire S. You know, for the female millionaire... Yeah. Uh, now you're still yes. the, the the term millionaire is still bandied about a lot in the press, mm. but million there's obviously a lot of millionairesses, but you would never yeah. hear, for example, Claudia Winkleman described as no. millionairess Claudia Winkleman. No, no. I don't know why Unless... that's gone. I'd, I'd have thought it's this. Is, I know that things like that actress has been replaced by actor, actor yeah. but you don't even get millionaire. Claudia Wink. And you'd think yeah. we should be celebrating, you know, equal pay and all Even that. Even if stuff. you're Googling Claudia Winkleman net worth, it probably yeah. still doesn't come up. Ex- exactly, exactly. <laughs> that must be wrong. I used to love um, Tycoon has gone a bit. Oh, yeah. Magnet. When you say Tycoon, who do you think of? I'll tell you what I think of is, I think, is there a character in the Monopoly board... I think it's the man who represents... What's his name? It's that guy. Has no. he got a monocle? Yeah, well, interesting. I think it was one of those strange things where everyone thought he had... I believe it's called the Mandela effect, isn't it? People believed he had a monocle, but he actually didn't. It's like people oh. used to say to me, you get through quite a lot of beer on fantasy football. Yeah, that's because Mandela they effect. Sort of, because it was a bit laddish, they just assume that that happened. Another Mandela effect. I thought I saw demon eyes at the end of Rosemary's Baby. There were no demon eyes. Um, Why is it the Mandela? What is it about Mandela? It's a long story. Oh, okay. What is it? Is it the long story to freedom? (laughs) (laughs) Big Shot, of course, is my favourite, by the way, of the rich people. Go on. I just love Big Shot. I believe it's called the Mandela effect because someone thought that... Um, so it was something to do with the ever, a lot. A mass group of people thought something had happened to do with Nelson Mandela, and it turned out like you drinking beer. I mean, it's a strange comparison to make. Okay, it was it was not true. Oh, okay. Um, well, that's even more intriguing. What about impresario? I love as well. Oh, I love. You know what I love about impresario best of all? It's got the word impress in it. <laughs> yeah. Which is what they, you know, what they're up to. Oh, so, so much, so many um, linguistic riches out there. And I think we, should, we can't replace them all with no woe. <laughs> Frank Skinner. Frank Skinner. Absolute radio. Absolute radio. We've been talking about these... Uh, outdated <laughs> phrases and I think I use regularly a phrase that nearly got outdated but is still still alive and with us I am um, 
I use the phrase "at your age, not your shoe size." Oh yeah, um, do you? I, I actually use it in in one of my bits of stand up at the moment as well. But I'm not speaking as me at that point. It's kind of um, hypothetical, reported speech, I suppose you'd say. Mm. But I like "at your age, not your at your age, not your shoe size." And one of the reasons I think it would have got phased out is if we is if we hadn't left the European Union, because. It wouldn't work in EU no. sizes, would it? Like forty three and stuff. Yeah, it, did, exactly. it didn't use at the. It didn't work at the the, the big shoe shop at the bottom of my row for, <laughs> for oversized feet. Well, look, can I say I mourn those days because I will forever be thirty six at least. Ah, uh, well, what, yeah, where? I'm a, a forty three. I think. In oh, the, what are uh, you, Al? Forty three, forty four. I think. Oh. Ten, isn't it? You big boys. I yeah. Mean, if, I'm, <laughs> if I'm being immature and someone says stop acting your shoe size, it's definitely better if it's 10. What's your shoe size? 8, 12, 50. <laughs> That's the sort of texting I like. I believe Listen, that. that would be the jewel in the crown if this was capital. Well, it was <laughs> Tom be Jones. With, they'd be pleased with that. I remember Tom... Yeah, no William Tyndale mentions there. No. I remember... Uh, I think it was Tom Jones, wasn't it, who said... At your age, Mama, not your shoe size. Maybe Did we can he? do the twelve. Is it in yeah. a song? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I, is, it, is it in Kiss? Which yeah. he sort of appropriated for himself, let's be honest. Mm, right. Yeah, OK. Another interesting thing in this article is it claims that the, the phrase a sandwich short of a picnic is really recent and it, it reckons that it's in... Um, it's a Lenny Henry spoof song from, like, 1987 or something. I would, have thought have that was, I would have thought that was really early. and I'd have thought he was referencing it, not not inventing I, it. I think that was the Theophilus P. Wildebeest era. Ah. Do you may oh, recall? I do, I do recall. Yeah. But I'll tell you what else crops up in the phrases set to be made obsolete. Is know your onions. Mm. <laughs> and this makes me sad. You're because, not a fan of the onion, are you? Well, not a fan. Satan's root, as I call mm-hmm. it. What I, but it, despite That's what I call the M25. That <laughs> <laughs> needs something. Come on, that needs something. That needs attention. Must be paid. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> oh, I love Satan's root. So, no, you're on I say he's a very funny man, Frank Skinner. Well, well thank you so much. I'm going to use that on my publicity. One of my favourite... There was a TV show called No, You're on Ians, if I remember rightly. Was it with Jack DeMarnia? What about... Oh, What's to this show? Is it like... Uh, it's like the last days of Pompeii. <laughs> say anything you want to say. Yeah. What about when Frank McClintock said to me, I found myself in a box with him. <clears throat> Did you really? Yes. I won't go into the details. No. And he said we were talking about former Arsenal players. And he said, I'll tell you what, this lady knows her onions. Oh. <laughs> I like this lady. Yeah. Lovely use of the word lady. What about when I was in the Sahara Desert and there was a sandstorm? This is true. <laughs> there was a sandstorm and I saw this figure in, like, shockingly white... Arabic clothing wrapped right around his face. A tall figure coming through oh. the the sort of orange landscape from this sandstorm. And um, <laughs> when he got close, he pulled the cloth <gasps> down and it was um, Terry Neal, Arsenal and Northern <laughs> Ireland central defender. Wow. Yeah, that was a great moment. 
um, I think he told me uh, to go to, to his sports bar. Just <laughs> took the edge off it. Frank Skinner, Frank Skinner. on Absolute Radio. Hold it, me, me, um, me smoothies in the bright sunlight. That's gonna uh, that's gonna bobble up nicely. This is Frank Skinner. <laughs> As far as I can remember, on Absolute Radio, you can... Uh, oh, yeah, sorry, I'm with Emily, Dean and Alan Cochran. You can text the show on 8.12.15, follow the show, if anyone can follow this show, on Twitter and Instagram, at Frank on the Radio, and um, email the show via... Via Frank at absoluteradio.co.uk. Yes, I am. Pause to burp. I'm sorry, that was awful. I apologise to all our listeners. Um, Yes. Steve Myers, you Mm. were just referring to your smoothie. Mm. Do you know Steve Myers? (laughs) Thanks for the tip. Yeah, go on, my smoothie. Steve Myers, do you have. It's not euphemism. I I like that Frank's turning into some George Formby song. Sorry. (laughs) Do you have any updates on the smoothie situation? I remember from previous podcasts, Frank was quite disappointed with them. And I wondered if you still use that particular vendor or if they've gone out of business due to the poor reviews. Well, I have in my right hand uh, a bottle of Grassroots, which is the brand name. Yeah. Uh, cold pressed, apparently. I have no idea mm. what that means. Um, or oh, we'll get text. Cold pressed as opposed to the sort of Corby trouser press, which pressed, he gets up a bit. Pressed has really come into vogue recently. The pressing mm. game. That's that's an, a, fo- a new football thing you have said a lot. Anyway, oh, yeah, listen. Yeah. So the one I've got, and we may have had this one before, is a strawberry banana and mango smoothie. You got those? Uh, you got those three? Strawberry, banana, mango. Mm. Ingredients: orange juice, sixty-seven oh. percent. Do I need to go any further? Yeah. And a little um, afterthought may contain nuts and celery. Disgusting. Celery? No, no I mean no, may contain nuts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> As I've always said, eating a stick of celery is like eating a violin. What <laughs> animal sits in the celery eating chair? Ooh. I think there is one, is there not? Is there? I, I can't. Not. I can't picture. Um... What animal sits in the carrot eating chair? Well, that's the rabbit, presumably. Oh, I say, would have gone donkey. Oh yeah. Uh, presumably, okay. slugs or worms can enjoy the <laughs> celery because it's like a sort of a, a log flume or a. <laughs> I can't imagine a slug <laughs> saying, do you know what? I really enjoyed no that. No one's ever enjoyed celery. Uh, no slug has ever enjoyed anything it in their no, life. It is no coincidence <laughs> that the word celery is so close to the word cutlery. Because <laughs> celery is basically the thing that you use to scoop out the nice tasting dip. But celery itself, apart from the noise, you know, it contributes nothing. Oh, mm. well, you say that, but what about Awful. a Wardle salad? <laughs> yeah, but only because it's masked heavily by its accomplices. I mean, you wouldn't. There's not. It, it, if you had one without it, I don't think it would. I don't think anything would be lost. That's my. Uh, that's my celery. There, summed up on uh, Absolute Radio. <laughs> I tell you what I don't like. What? Clickbait. No, I, I don't. fall for that. 
It you'll, really... not, you'll never believe what this woman looks like now. Yeah, I, mm. Those, I, I don't even look at those. <laughs> that, that, that's really unpleasant. What, you mean people get older? <laughs> Who knew? Mm-hmm. But uh, what I mean is shock signing at West Brom. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, Callum Robinson, West Brom midfielder, signed autographs for an old age pension. Oh, he left the All that. <laughs> I that really hate that. Listen, I was... They gonna... ought to be banged to rights. <laughs> At I don't know what that means. Sycamore was one of the obsolete phrases. Banged to rights. What on earth does it mean? I don't know, but I think you and our Keith are the only people that still say it. <laughs> I don't think I say it. <laughs> Too late, I've said it. Our Keith still says uh, Gogglebox. He does say Gogglebox, yeah. Um, but not about the TV show. What about was he television. Would he say then? He'd say. He's saying I was, I was watching the Goggle Box last night. I think you would. Yeah. Anyway, I don't want to put words in our Keith's mouth. I love our Keith. Uh, I love our Keith. At Sycamore Flint, Frank. Sycamore Flint, yeah. What is that fabulous song from um, musical theatre about Sycamore? Is it from Oklahoma? Oh, no, it's Seymour, isn't it? Oh, OK. Oh, it's yeah. like Seymour's here Feed or something. Seymour. What is it? <laughs> Feed me Seymour. Is this from Little Shop of Horrors? <laughs> it might, yeah. but it's yeah. sort of Seymour's here, so great. I'm oh, man. At Sycamore Flint, obsolete sayings. Is it true that only teachers ever said, woe betide? Oh, and do oh, yeah. they still stay it, say it? No, they don't say it. Is no. it still no. taught in teacher training? No. No, it's, it's gone. That question I'm, to I'm the only former teacher among us, Frank Skinner. I think the leather elbow pad is also gone. And I oh, think, um, I'm, I'm not sure bad breath is as popular amongst <laughs> teachers as it used to be. Mm. All Everything's changing. Here's what, I want to ask you about a couple of um, terms that, nev- not that they've gone out, but they never quite made it. And there's right. one I heard referred to recently, thousands on a raft. Do you oh, know that? Oh, no. no. What's this? Thousands on a raft was a term for beans on toast. Oh. And it's actually in a Kinks song called uh, Motorway Food. Mm. Motorway food is the worst in the world. Never taste food like it is on the motorway. Motorway food is the worst in the world. And I used to think it meant hundreds and thousands. You know those um, little oh, yeah. coloured uh, things you used to get on? Uh, Sprinklings. Yeah. Well, you used mean- to get them on white buttons, white chocolate buttons. Mm-hmm. There was, Frank, there was uh, an Americanism mm. uh, in American diner culture of Adam and Eve on a raft, which was two poached eggs on toast. Oh. There you go. Why oh, poached eggs, nice. though? Should have been an apple. Apple on toast. <laughs> because it's represented by the two eggs. That's funny, because I heard someone in an American diner in Cleveland mm. use the term cackleberries, oh. which means right. eggs. Because oh. chickens cackle and... Oh, I see, OK. Yeah. But that didn't catch on either. Uh, Carmen in sunny... Is it Woburn Sands, you say, Frank? Woburn? Mm. Yeah. If you like. I just don't know if that's... Is that sort of near your area, <laughs> Woburn? No. Oh, where's Woburn? Oh, it's an abbey, so I associate it with you. OK. Uh, 424. I love celery. Con- voice of controversy, oh. but let's continue. Chopped up thin... Grated cheese and thrown in some shredded no. salad. What's not to like, Frank? 
That's from Carmen in sunny Woburn Sand. Again, though, accompanied by <laughs> things with flavour. <laughs> so, like, it's like being sneaked into a gig, you know what I mean? Surrounded by an entourage of stuff like cheese and salad dressing. Also, I bet if we look, what's what what is um what is her name? Carmen. If we Carmen. look up Carmen Woburn, <laughs> we'll find <laughs> something like CEO Celery Marketing Board. <laughs> <laughs> you t- just try googling that. That's my prediction. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Uh, Al. Yes. Five oh seven. Let's discuss. I uh, I like this. So do um, I. I'm, would you like me to read it? To I would. Frank? Thank you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Dear Frank, re obsolete sayings. My grandmother used to say, "Punch has done dancing," <laughs> when it was too late to do or say something, akin to the train has left the station. Yeah. Gran was a Londoner. I presume the phrase came from the dance that Mr. Punch did at the end of a Punch and Judy show. Mm. I hadn't heard the phrase for thirty years until my cousin told me her mum used it too. Inherited from Gran, I guess. Cheers, Cole. Punch now, you're our um, dancing. You're I've... our Punch and Judy expert on the show. <laughs> I've never... Yeah. Um, you got it's, I've it's never the sort heard of old-school Elvis has left the building. Punch yeah. has yeah. done dancing. It's a bit like... Um, I don't know if you can still say this, but it's a quote. Um, it's, you it, ain't, it ain't over. It ain't over <laughs> to the fat lady sings. <laughs> yeah. It's a bit of a version of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I've never heard Punches done dancing, but I do... Like, I've written that down. Yeah, I'm, I'm going like to bring it? in... Naughty, naughty! Yeah. <laughs> What's weird is that um, this article that says that something like 78% of the people didn't understand these phrases, and I thought, well, actually, my speech is about 78% these phrases. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do people still say ignorance is bliss? Yes. Because ignorance, ignorant. ignorance is bliss, I think, used to mean that if you didn't know something, like if somebody was, you know, slagging you off yeah. and you didn't know about it, it wouldn't hurt you. Yeah. So it's fine. Mm-hmm. Then I think it came, it came, it got a bit darker and came yes. to suggest that stupid people are the only people capable of true happiness. Yes. Yeah. That, that intelligence, some truth in that. intelligence brings yeah. a certain pain. Yes. Uh-huh. And I think it probably is true that the only pop star brothers who don't hate each other are Jedward. <laughs> yeah. And that does yeah. seem to, you know. Yeah, yeah it does. I'm not it's saying it backs it up, but I mean, one no. could bring that in as, a, as Exhibit A. Yes. Uh-huh. If there was a court case about whether or not ignorance was bliss. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We've also had 774 has got in touch, Frank. Morning, Frank and the team. Definitions from my childhood. Mm. I, we were talking earlier about um, Adam and Eve on a raft. Mm. Beans on toast, skinheads on a raft. Oh, so oh, yeah. not thousands on a raft. OK. Mm. She's then uh, shared another one which is somewhat uh, inappropriate for this time of the morning. Okay. So yeah. we'll discuss that. Well, I mean, you think referencing a violent subculture is OK? <laughs> <laughs> well, excuse me. <laughs> Man whose first love uh, in literature was Frank? Well, I said my first love, but we did all read the book Skinhead. 
Skinhead Escapes. Skinhead Escapes was the sequel to Skinhead. <laughs> well, so what was, was his trajectory? Then it he went, was um, merely Swadehead, was he? Was that Sw- Swadehead was, was, was a further along, and Boot Boys, I think, was, I think that was when he knew it was all, it was, he was done. I don't like the sound of Boot Boys. I think, I think the whole series ended with them um, side parting, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Side parting and a mortgage. As I want, yeah. uh, as I want uh, uh, a skinhead, I have. I, I generally, I have uh, number one, which is like really, really short. I have number one or number two for court appearances. <laughs> this is Frank Skinner. This is Absolute Radio. I was saying in a dressing room last weekend that I, uh, I find myself declaring. The road to hell is paved with good intentions. Mm. Quite a lot these days. Mm. And um, and somebody else said, "Oh, I like um, no good deed goes unpunished." So I think he and I are on a similar trajectory these days. And my dad's reason for not voting Labour was, if you put a beggar on horseback, he'll ride into hell. <laughs> <laughs> Something you never hear on uh, party political broadcasts. <laughs> yeah, that's not on the daily politics. No, never. Often, never. I don't never know if that exists that. anymore. Bigger. <laughs> uh, it's in the other. Some other um, phrases that were on the obsolete list were "spend a penny." Oh yeah. Well, you can see why that might be might have gone because people mm-hmm. don't. I think if if you go to. Do you have to pay at um, women's toilets as well? I never pay anywhere. Um, do you pay at women's toilets? I don't, I don't really know. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I don't know. Do you I... not, Mavis? <laughs> I Emily don't... doesn't pay because she, um, she lies on the floor and just does a commando roll <laughs> un, uh, under the, um, you know, those sort of turnstiles. I she do. Sort of shuffles I don't... on her elbows right through. The reason <laughs> I don't really know is because I'm... Oh, I don't want to boast. Go on. I've got quite... I'd say I've got reasonable control. Oh, okay. Let's leave it there. Oh. In that area. Well, it's it's something I've, I've always heard. I've got reasonable control when it's 20 pence. Oh, You'd be surprised. Can you imagine what Alan can go three days? Oh, Alan, Alan will oh, go yeah. a week. I didn't think about I just, it. I pre-plan it. I wear a nappy everywhere I go. Yeah. No, it's, uh, yeah, so I can see why that's gone because it's not a penny. No one would ever. There's, there's no. There is no vending machine now. Is that would require a penny to get you in? But there are plate. numerous things that we no longer do, and yet the phrase remains. Now mm-hmm. I know um, a relatively. I say he's quite a famous comedy writer. Mm-hmm. We'll discuss him off air. Who said he that was a deal breaker for him? He was on a date with a lady. A mm-hmm. lady. Yeah. And it was actually going okay. And then she visited the latrines and said, Well, I'm just going to pop off and spend a penny. And he left. Okay, he said, I can't date someone that says that. Oh, that's harsh. Oh, I thought it was just that she was obviously a bit flagrant with money and he uh, <laughs> thought we're, we're incompatible. But those yeah. are your deal breakers, Or aren't it was we? a hint yeah, that exactly. maybe he should pay. <laughs> <laughs> the old-fashioned uh, style, the old ways. Yeah, I'd be like, the... "Shall we go Dutch oh, on this? We'll pay half a pence each." Have we? Have we? They've gone, haven't they? Half pence. They've gone. Haven't? Yeah, they've gone. I miss they've the gone. half p. What do yeah. you think? Well, you would do yeah. with your constitution. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm afraid I, I find it very hard to put the handbrake on at that stage. <laughs> Frank Skinner. 
I've decided I love T-Rex. I saw them at the Birmingham Odeon in about 1971. And the screaming was so loud that it provided a sort of psychedelic backdrop sound to the whole gig. And it sort of, the sound moved around the theatre like Mm. like a, a big sort of cyclone of noise. Okay. Musical reminiscences here on Absolute Radio. A review of a show Frank saw in 1971. I think it was 71. It was certainly early 70s. I remember people queued overnight for tickets and me and my mate Fares just turned up on the morning and walked straight to the front of the queue and nobody stopped us. We didn't that know. is a good musical memory. We Mine were bad is uh, Bob Hoskins as Nathan Detroit. As, yeah, Nathan Detroit, I think he was. What, in, in, the, uh, in, in the Dolls, Dolls. National oh. Theatre production. Dolls. Was, yeah. I mean, I had no control over this. I was taken by my parents, but I saw some good stuff. I queued for 18 hours in pouring rain to see the Rolling Stones at um, the... Uh, the goat, it was a goat's head soup tour. Mm. And we played cards on the pavement of New Street in <laughs> oh, Birmingham. Oh, and adorable. it rained so much that about six hours in, the cars physically disintegrated. <laughs> oh, it was ba- we were playing with Papi Amache. If ever there was a story that needed a golf umbrella, that's it. Yeah, you're right. We didn't have you one. You sat under it, happy oh. as Larry, couldn't you? Is happy as Larry still afraid? <laughs> I just, I think it. Uh, yeah, I like. Did that come from Larry Olivier? Who was the? No, I shouldn't. Or think did so. it my family? Larry Grayson was always very happy. He was oh. happier, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, curtain twitcher is out. Oh, curtain twitcher. Yeah. Which is a shame, as I feel I've reached that stage in life when I can finally embrace my inner curtain twitcher. I'm kind of at the age where I can become a curtain twitcher. What do they call them now? A blind parter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why don't the young people like a curtain? It's still use this phrase because they don't have curtains. Like they have black bin liners and things. I was driving oh, yeah. in this morning listening to Magic at the Musicals, um, which oh, is, I must yeah. say, is my station of choice in the car. Interesting. Um, it's all right, it's a bower. Okay. Oh, um, well, that's fine. Uh, it's in the Bower House, as I would like to call it. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and uh, they played the Deadwood Stage, uh-huh. which has got the lyrics to the Deadwood Stage by Doris Day. So mm-hmm. it begins, the Deadwood Stage is coming on over the plain with the curtains flapping and the driver slapping the reins. Oh, mm-hmm. It's just beautiful. Lovely. Right. Anyway, what else? Well, We're nearly there. Yeah. Al? <laughs> well, we've had a wide-ranging show, including discussion of um, how much you and Lee Mack might be worth and mm. uh, and various goalkeepers um, and cooking. And uh, Ian Angle has texted one of his jokes, I wonder what is Neville Southall's net worth? Which I think is a really well-put-together joke, given that... Um, Neville Southall's know, net worth because of the net... Element. Yeah, because he was a goalkeeper. Yeah. And I mean, well, I've not you helped got it by waiting for two Edinburgh hours Fest- before getting the chance to read it. You got joke, <laughs> of, was it short or joke of the Edinburgh Festival with your goalkeeper? I don't keeper think joke? I did, but oh. I, did, I did have a goalkeeper reference. Yeah, I don't think I won it. I think I was, actually, I think I was joint something with Simon oh. Munnery. I think I remember it, Al. You saw a woman with big gloves on and you thought she's a keeper. Was that right? 
I Something like that. First date, yeah. Ah, oh, great! It's great. It's a great date. March stolen. Neville Southall, isn't he? Wasn't his um, autobiography called The Bin Man Diaries because he'd been oh. a he'd been a bin man previously? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Absolutely fabulous. Anyway, I think we we moved to the end. On that bombshell. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think I, I, I think it's the bin man. It's the bin man. Something anyway. That's the key element. Um, episode five of my poetry podcast will be out on um, Wednesday. Who are we doing this week? Nick Laird. Oh, of course, Nick Laird. Ooh. Nick Laird is a very very fine poet, and I'll be looking. I'll be looking. Which is about a typewriter, actually, coincidentally. <gasps> Uh, all links. Anyway, you can catch up on the first four podcasts now from wherever you get your podcasts. Look, um, thank you so much for um, listening today. Basically, Ponch has done dancing. <laughs> um, but you know what? If the good Lord spares us and the creeks don't rise, we'll be back again this time next week. Now get out. 